Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sports Night. My name is Jonathan Clary, being joined by Damian Ritchie. And Damian, a lot of stuff going on the past couple of weeks since we had our last show. Mm-hmm. And uh, the biggest thing was today is Tuesday. Last night, Monday, was Monday Night Football. And the Patriots played and won. I don't know if it was a – I guess it was a good victory against Baltimore. There was a lot of they interesting had it, factors. They had it in control and then some special team mess-ups. <laughs> Yes, definitely. Which, to be honest, that's such an underrated aspect of the game, special teams. Well, they made a point all last night during the broadcast talking about how Harbaugh and Belichick were special teams coaches and they take special teams very seriously and blah, 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 blah. And there were so many errors on both sides of the ball. But namely, like you said, Cyrus Jones was, yeah. wasn't good. Um, Slater had an error. Um, it just did not look good for... On the special teams aspect of it, at least. I heard on sports radio a caller called in and he said, why don't they just have Edelman back there? There's four games left in the season. Have him back there and have him fair catch everything coming his way. You know, I think they don't mind that, but I don't think Edelman is just going to sit there and fair catch it. I think he, oh, he wants... will with Belichick. Also. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah. I mean, Edelman was on EEI today and he said that one of his passions is Punt returns. <laughs> I know, I get it, and like, and that's the thing. Like punt return, punt returns. Like you need to have ice water in your veins, you know, right? Because um, you got eleven guys running at you. You don't know where they are. You're like, all right, I got five seconds. I think. Yeah. You're trying to count down your head. And- I mean, you do. You do. Technically, you have like the. Uh, it's no longer a halo. It's a rectangle of protection mm-hmm. of one yard in front of you. The uh, like one yard wide. It's as wide as like your shoulders and a yard from you. you okay. You're, no one should be in there. And you should have at least that much distance between the time you catch the ball and anybody being there. But, I mean, it doesn't matter. In, like, a millisecond, a person can be there and then their helmet under your chin. Right. You know? Right. So it's – it's I wouldn't do it. Yeah, to cover one <laughs> yard does not take that long, even if it was five yards. I but, mean – But statistically, if you really think about it, like, how much – with all, like, the juking and the moves and the cuts, all that for, what, seven, six yards – on average, probably you know yeah. why not just fair catch it, and boom, and now you know that, and, and you know, and, and even once you're doing that, you run the risk of fumbling it. And they had uh, James White and Dion Lewis out there for I think it was the last two punts. Yeah. Um, at the game last night, and I think they fair caught it, and then during one of the kick returns, I, th- I forget. I think it was Lewis ran it out of the end zone uh, for a short return. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's. It's. It, it was. It was oh God, there was a lot of angst. People, I'm sure, that in the in the stadium and watching at home. When I, I just don't understand. Get away from the ball. Get away from the ball. And yeah. he, he keeps going closer to him. As soon as that ball hits the ground, you have to run the complete opposite way because you don't know how it's going to bounce. Yeah. I mean, most of the time it's probably going to bounce and then go towards the end zone or just go back and forth. But you never know. I mean, it's obviously it's not just a regular ball, I, so it, it can bounce anyway. You know what, John? I will. I will say this and. You know, I am on the end. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised in three years down the road if if kickoffs and punt returns uh, are, or at least punts are drastically changed in at least high school level. In in what manner? Like it in, would just be like you kick it and wherever it stops, it, it stops, or you kick it and you fair catch it, and, and that's it, and that's it. And, and if you muff it, it comes live. I don't know. They'll have to figure that out. But it's it is special. The ki- the the scrimmage kicks are are where all the injuries happen, like mm-hmm. like the like the like the major concussions and like major like 
bone breaks, I'll come off this. Sp- you have a full head of steam running at somebody. Right, right. You know, whenever you, you, you give somebody 60 yards to run into another human being, the guy moving is going to hurt somebody. Well, I think the NFL went, initially went with that because they, they moved up where you kick it off from. So almost everything was going out of the end zone. changed it all. Yeah. So everything was going out of the end zone. They're like, all right, starting at the 20, you know, so be it. And now if it goes out of the end zone, it's at the 25, so now people are sh- kicking shorter, so it, it lands like at the goal line, so you have to return. You can't just kneel it down because it's too close of a, a call to even let it bounce because you don't know. I mean, as soon as that ball bounces, it's a live ball. They have the MIAA, I know for a fact, have, have dabbled with the idea of just starting, give, starting the ball in the 20 or the 30 and no, kick, no, uh, no kickoffs. Interesting. Now, but but now you think about it. There's like a minute left, and like you're down by like a touchdown. Like you want every opportunity you get to be able to run the ball. Oh, so yeah, you're taking and, a big element out of the game. Yeah, exactly. And then what about onside kicks? No, exactly. And that that was the other the other argument, and where where there's onside and onside kicks is another like just recipe for an injury. Yeah. Um. I mean, that is chaos. If there's if anything, onside kicks. If it's if it's a close play too. I mean, actually, even on, any onside kick is normally now. You can only have like five guys on each side of the field. I think it is before you could have you know ten guys on one side of the field, and it was just like, yeah. you know a huge truck collider. You have to time. have at least four four people on one side in MIA rules, right? I think uh, the NFL is the, the same, isn't it? Because I mean, right now you don't see eight guys on one side anymore. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if they changed it. The other thing that people forget about is like you can kick the ball directly into the ground and it pops up. You can feel catch that immediately. No one ever does. I don't know why. Interesting. I like that's what I teach my kids to do, especially the linemen. I'm like, if they onside kick and the ball's up and you can see it, I want everybody waving their hand. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> and like, um, yeah, and then try to get it. But yeah, it's it's it gives you protection, especially when the guy's now only ten yards away from you. Right. Exactly. At you. Um, I don't know. Maybe they should just get rid of football altogether. <laughs> Done. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, but, that was an easy conversation then. I the 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 kickoffs I can definitely see being an issue in in all aspects or all levels I should say yeah. of NFL, college, high school, and Pop Warner, you know, youth, whatever it might be. I I, should, I don't know about youth. I haven't can't say I've watched too many youth football games with kickoffs and whatnot. Um, yeah, they usually just start that like the little guys. They just Give them the ball. Yeah, because, I mean, they wouldn't be kicking at they that They can't far. even, like, the helmets don't even fit. It's yeah. Like... But, I mean, in high school, first of all, I mean, you don't see too many deep kicks in high school. I mean, it seems to be all squib kicks now. Yeah, you line... to hull on a windy day. <laughs> well, <laughs> that I have not, no. Yeah. But, I mean, it, uh, I, in all the games I've done in Quincy the past couple of years, there's been very few kicks that have, been, have gone deep. And I think they're just trying to say, all right, we're going to kick it into the middle of the line. Yeah. Figuring those guys aren't hands guys and we're going to fumble it or they're going to you know screw it up or something like yeah, that. Yeah, ultimately you want somebody to just mess it up. Yeah, and then the other thing too is and then if every kicks like that, you could try an onside or surprise onside kick yeah. and you know those up guys are you know, already taking five steps back before they realize that it's an onside kick or whatnot. There's been, there's been argument with where you have to announce an onside kick. Interesting. Um which takes away the element of surprise. Yep. Because um, sometimes people line up like they're not going to, and then they do it, and right. they catch you off. So I don't know. I mean, spe- I've used special teams like like punt return, kick return, especially punt return. I view that as like hitting foul shots. It's always hard to compare sports. Yeah, you know, but it's like you have to hit your foul shots. If you don't, 
Shaq couldn't hit a foul shot and, you know, got 35 points a game one year. It might come down to hurt you at the end. For the most part, you can still be a really productive team if you don't have good special teams. But, like, sometimes on close games, like, yeah, that muff punt, like, killed you. And at a minimum, so, especially NFL, you at least got to field it. And if you don't, re- like you said, if you just fair catch and don't return it, fine. But you can't let the mental mistakes hurt you on that. Yeah, I you mean, can't give it to the other team. Yeah, That's I mean, especially, just, again, it, it happened twice last night for Jones where the first time it was bouncing and he just got away from it. And then the second time it hit his foot. And he realized it, and then the um, the Baltimore guy was running after it. And then the other thing I got mad about was the ball came loose at about the the two or three yard line. Yeah. And Jones just sat there, and then all of a sudden he goes, "Oh, the ball's loose." And at that point, it was too late, and Baltimore had recovered at the at the four or five, whatever it was. Yeah. So, and then next play they go in for the touchdown, and then the next play is the kickoff, and they screw that yeah. up as well. So, yeah. So. Do you think the Patriots signed a special teams or a special returner um, last week? Cliff something or other. I forget his name. Cliff Lee. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a lefty. Yeah. yeah. Um, so is he still pitching? That's an excellent question. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, but so I, don't, I don't know why that special teams ace or returner wasn't back there last night. I mean, they signed him and they said drafted first in the last year's draft? I, I, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, that's the other thing. With Cyrus Jones, do you do you just bench him for the rest of the year? I mean, he's a rookie. So I understand that's, that's well, part you, of you it. Know, you know why they signed that guy last week? It's for him to be Devin Hester for practice for the week. For um, for their, To actually be yeah. Devin Hester? Well, yeah. it was a one-year contract that they signed him to. Everybody gets signed to a one-year contract. I, uh, I don't know. It seemed like to me it was going to be more of like an actual – like signing to no, to do yeah. something. No, I don't think they'll ever get anybody in like this late in the season that will contribute. Um, well, I don't know if they. I think it was just like catch the ball and that's it. Because <laughs> I mean, I think th- I'm going to guess they had to have known Jones was was an issue. I mean, obviously they already maybe, knew. Maybe yeah. Um, why not have him last game? So I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know why they didn't have. Um, well, Amendola was out. I think I think if Amendola was healthy, he would be there. And I think that's the other thing too is they don't want to have. Um, Edelman back there because they don't want him getting hurt. Well, and I, I just think with the whole, just, yeah. just do the fair catching, but I don't know. That does, I just don't know. I, I don't know what they're going to do. I just I, I just feel like it, it's it's it, it's so un-Belichickian to, to even return those or attempt to return them, to, to, to try to dance your way around 11 guys with a full head of steam for an extra five to seven yards. And... Meanwhile, that those five to seven yards, you run a risk of that ball popping out and everything else. So, so I don't know. It's it's very strange on on Bill's Bill's aspect on that. Well, I think it's he knows there's an aspect that you I can. I think it's time for him to go. <laughs> That's what I'm really saying. Um, oh, it's Griff Whalen. I'm sorry, not Cliff. Griff Whalen. Mm. And people have written songs about Griff Whalen. <laughs> so I I don't know why I don't know why Griff Whalen wasn't Well, he's not that good if he's available in like week 14 to be honest. <clears throat> no, I know, but I mean h- how many special teams or return specialists are there out there in the league anyway? I mean, I think most teams are right, just don't again, just don't fumble the ball. Yeah. And um Cyrus Jones th- Well, he, I would he, I... Was, he was he was the guy in Alabama and that's all he I shouldn't say that's all he did, but he was known for being able to return kicks and punts. Yeah, well, did he, and, has, has he ever returned a, a kick in, like, ice weather? No, I know. England, you but, know fair night? enough, but, yeah. I mean, when, but when it bounces, you should know just to get away. Yeah. Not to try to, 
You know, it reminded me of like a high school where the ball bounces and you see kids go after it and they go, I'm going to touch it. And oh, I'm not going to touch it. Oh, and, and then they're trying to like fake out the defense. And he's still doing that in the NFL. It's like, just get the hell away from yeah. the ball. And you would think, I mean, and obviously after it happened the, the second time, Belichick, you know, pulled him because that's why Lewis uh, and White were out there. But, you know, does does he get another chance at all this year? I don't no. know. No. Does he get another no. chance on defense? Does he get another chance? Because on, on defense, shortly after he was out there and he let up that big 50 or 60-yard play uh, that led to the uh, the point. There was a field goal, I think, for, for Baltimore. But he was on that and he left that big play down the sideline as well. Yeah, because Bel- Belichick can't draft secondary to save his life. He did. Now he didn't draft him technically, but you know Malcolm Butler was an unsigned free rookie free agent, and he did draft uh, um, uh, McCordy, who he was originally a cornerback. I get which, it, and I'm going to say I'm going to say like I don't know his Madden rankings. McCordy is slow for free safety. He's slow. He's I, I would I would put money on it that he's the slowest free safety in the league. Does he make up for it with his instincts no. and his raw ability? No. no. No, he he's he's an he's a slightly above average free safety. His instincts and and I would say his intelligence puts him slightly above average, but um I don't even think he has good instincts. No. Um that's like a that's like I don't know. Like free safety, you're like a center fielder out there. You got to feel where that hit's going to go. Right. Um McCoy made a couple of nice plays last night to break up some plays. No, yeah, he did. But it, it also, like I think, if I was if I had McCourty speed, I could probably cover against Flacco. Yeah. Oh, let me guess. You're gonna Flacco has no middle game, like no middle game. It's either short or forty five yards down the field. Right. Um. So the second you see Flacco's eyes looking towards your direction, know that it's coming. Just go backwards. Yeah. It's because yeah. he he can't throw like a twenty five yard pass. I think it's physically impossible for him. <laughs> he just doesn't know how to do yeah. it. Yeah, has to be either uh, ten or not even 30. ten, either like five yards or less. Were you surprised? It was just like so many like three yard passes last night for, for Baltimore. No, it was bad weather. I did last night. I I worked a basketball game, and I got out and I had to scrape my window. Well, yeah, covered but it, in ice, and it, I was doing the whoop whoop walking. But it wasn't raining. It wasn't snowing. But, yeah, the, the ball it, might have been cold, the but... Was, the air was moist. What, that, okay. would, that would help a quarterback a little bit, though. Maybe, and it was it, it, it was a little chilly. It just it was strange weather. and It didn't seem to affect Tom Brady that much, other well, than no, the, no. The, the interception was just a stupid throw. But No, Tom, no, but Tom doesn't run. Well, well, fair enough. Not that Flacco's a big runner, either. No, but the receivers might... The receivers are... And Flacco, Flacco's just not a good quarterback. But I guess I I was surprised it was just like so many short passes. I mean, and I don't know how many times it was like, all right, here's a two yard pass for a three yard gain because it, or because that's what Belichick would give him. He would give him the short passes, and 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 he had a double two coverage over the top, and so Fair so enough. yeah, take that, and you know we'll hopefully tackle you before you get a first down out of it, and you know Belichick does the quote unquote he takes something away from you, right. So they just said, we're going to take away the deep pass because you can't yeah, do anything we're in, taking in away the deep pass. Now try to be a quarterback, and he couldn't. Did you think the other thing that was interesting was um, all the disguises the Patriots running? It seemed to be a lot more disguising of the defense l- last night than they have been in the past. I mean, maybe 
Maybe they were just highlighting it a lot more last night it, on the broadcast. Well, yeah. It, how is Gruden a broadcaster? So I, I want to tell you, I haven't watched any Monday Night Football this season because when I moved, I decimated yeah. my cable package. So the only reason I was able to watch last night because it was also what, on Channel is 5. This is like. iPhone. <laughs> okay. And now you're looking around like, oh, yeah, I have an iPhone right here. So what was what did he say last night? It was – Oh, Curtis Martin, right? Yeah. Look, uh, Blunt gets a touchdown, and he goes, Curtis Martin. All right. So my guess is that someone was in his ear and said Curtis Martin. And that was supposed to be a, a reminder for him that Blunt just broke Curtis Martin. Or was it tied or broke? I think tied. Yeah. Curtis Martin. You don't think he was hanging out with Joe Namath prior to that <laughs> No. Game? Or, I'm going to guess... It was in both of them. It was in McDonough and Gruden's ear. And someone said Curtis Martin. And that was supposed to be, all right, the reminder, you know, talk about Curtis Martin, how he, he just tied or broke the record. Again, whichever what, what it was. And then Gruden just, just heard Curtis Martin. So he said, Curtis Martin. And maybe he was thinking Curtis Martin was on the field or he was a defensive back for Baltimore or what. I don't know. And then that's when McDonough came in and said, you know, yes, Blunt just tied, broke Curtis but Martin's then, but then team record. then he's like Edelman. He goes, eight catches. And then and then they'll, uh, he's like yes he's had at least eight it's like it's like talking about your senile grandfather so again again that might just be and I, I don't know I don't I don't know this to be true <laughs> what was the guy from um, Anchorman uh, Steve Carell's character oh, he was yell he was like, yell yeah. things out I'm going to guess someone was in his ear and, and probably both of their ears and it would be like you know eight catches you know, Edelman would get a catch you know there were eight catches you know and that's just what let them you know McDonough probably know. That's Edelman's eighth catch so of the was, day, or he fifth was like catch, trying or to steal McDonough's thunder. Maybe, or it was he just, just... Seemed, he seemed like a child. He seemed like, like, like <laughs> oh, pretty. Yeah, the lights here are on, John. They're grass, like, yeah, grass is green. Because, yeah, he's just like, it, it, there's no context to what he's saying, like the things right. he would say. Um, speaking of in someone's ear, so a South Shore High School. Um, one of their freshman JV varsity players yep. on a, the girls' team is deaf but has a hearing aid that has a Bluetooth connection to it. So her coach can – so she can hear her basketball coach, um, like, you know, yell <laughs> everybody. Okay. Yep. And I thought that was phenomenal. I yeah. thought you were going to say it was unfair advantage somehow. Well. <laughs> I was going to say, so I was waiting for the year the well. Not, I'm not going to lie. So uh, the lady that was doing the book thought it was, like, wonderful that this girl, like, could participate in stuff with that. And, yeah. And she's like, it's so amazing. You know, you know, wow, with the technology, like, she just fits right in. Like, cause she was asking questions. And he's like, oh, yeah, she can hear me. Look. And he said her name. She, he's like, you know, whatever her name is, raise your hand. And she's just like you know, running drills and she raises her hand and she's like, that's awesome. Like, and I was just thinking like, God, that, that hearing aid is really tiny. <laughs> I'm like, you can't even see it under a football helmet. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, in football, you never know, right? I was like, you know how, that, how helpful that would be for like my safety to have that? Well, yeah, because in the middle of the you go back, 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 back. <laughs> yeah. Come up, come up. <laughs> yeah. Pass, pass. Um, yeah, that that would be interesting to see what happens. I, I'm not going to lie. I haven't even uh, checked the price, but I should. Maybe I should put it on my Amazon wish list. 
No, you're not supposed to put it on Amazon wishlist. You're supposed to uh, anonymously purchase it somehow. No, so. for my dog. <laughs> for your dog. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so did you know, even with the win last night, the Patriots have not clinched a playoff spot? That's preposterous. That's what I said, too. So the NFL. Are you 100% sure on that? The NFL sent out its playoff scenarios for week 15. And as an example, um, on for the NFC, it says clinched Dallas playoff berth. So that's what they've clinched. AFC, there's nobody that has clinched a playoff spot. I went on to NFL.com today and looked at the standings. And they have Dallas with an, an asterisk or a, a, some sort of mark next to them saying that they've clinched a playoff spot. New England has not clinched a playoff spot. Hmm. So I went down and looked through the records. Patriots are 11-2 and two right now. Worst case scenario, they lose the next three games and they would finish at eleven and five. So I said, okay, if they are eleven and five, that means there has to be six teams that could be at least at eleven wins, assuming they have better tiebreakers than than the Patriots. Yeah. So I went down and counted. There are only five teams that could have eleven wins or more. The Patriots would be the sixth team. So I don't know how they haven't clinched a spot. And Goodell. Well, that's why I was just like, I don't know how they couldn't have. Well, could it be like if Miami beats them or if like Buffalo? So I don't know. For what it is right now is New England can clinch the AFC East with a win or a Miami loss or tie. Yeah. See, I bet if Miami wins out and we lose out, like Miami would get the tiebreaker on us or something. Well, I'm, I'm, let's, let me pull up the standings here. Even though that I, doesn't make sense because we beat them. Well, if I don't know how to, I think the first tiebreaker is for for the division. I think it's head to head, but then it might be either common opponents or you know division record or something along well, those lines. Out of curiosity, since you're in the tech, this sort of technical field, what would you, if someone was to look up on Amazon, what would you call like things that you put in reporters' ears that you could say things to them? Um, well, I mean, like the report is also the IFBs. IFB. IFB. Yeah. So, like, when if if uh, when you're watching the news and you see that little thing in the the, re- the anchor's ear, the reporter's ear, it's called an IFB. Okay, and they're okay. Do they All right. So, l- looking at the <laughs> looking at the standings right now, Patriots are eight and five. Miami. I'm sorry. The the, uh, the Patriots are eleven and two, and Miami's eight and five. So again, assuming the Patriots lose the next three games, and Miami wins, you, they'd be both be 11-5. and five. So, okay, so Miami is one team. Well, you can just go to, to the playoff machine. Well, I mean, that... Bring uh, that okay, keep going. I'm going to just run it through the playoff machine scenario. Okay, so... Um, oh, you, you know what I'm... You, okay, I'm, I'm looking up right now, and I see exactly what it is. I was just looking straight at records. I'm forgetting that Houston, who was 7-6, could win their division and takes up a playoff spot. Yeah. So uh, I, what it must be is that Miami would hold a tiebreaker over New England, and New England would fall to seventh, and Miami would then jump up into the playoffs, and then they would win the, the division. And that's why New England hasn't clinched yet. So I stupidly forgot that a, a 7-6 and six team right now is winning their division, and that's yeah. why. Um, but I, I just couldn't believe that 11-2, we haven't clinched a playoff spot yet. Yeah. Whereas Dallas at eleven and two, 
had, had clinched last week. Did you hear like the the reported that if Dallas and New England, if they were to play each other in the Super Bowl, that it might be the highest rated Super Bowl ever? I can imagine. I mean, two because, teams that people either love or hate. Yeah. And have huge followings. Yeah. And it would be it would just be two good good teams playing a playing a, yeah. a, a game. Um. So anyway, so Patriots win the East this coming week with a win or a tie or a Miami loss or tie. Mm-hmm. They can clinch a first-round bye with a win or a tie, or Miami loses or ties and Pittsburgh loses or ties, and Miami loses or ties and Kansas City wins. So either way, if they win this week... Are you of Kansas City? Um, not really. I'm, 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 I'd still be scared of Baltimore if we play Baltimore again more than Kansas City. I can City. see that. My, my, see, my argument with, with uh, Kansas City is... Um, last time we went down there, we didn't... We didn't so, do so great. And um, I don't want to go to Kansas City. I don't want Bill to do what he did last year and take like the last few weeks off knowing that he'll get a bye but not the first seed. I want to play. If we go in the playoffs, I want to be in Gillette the entire the entire time. I, I agree. Um, I would rather Kansas City come here than us go there. Um the, I mean, I don't even think the Broncos are going to make the playoffs. I would say right now that I agree. I wouldn't want to play in Kansas City. So I would say we'll lose next week to them. You think we're going to lose in Denver? We're like 1-93 in Denver. I know. We don't have a good record in Denver. I I agree. Denver would worry me in Denver again, but uh, depending on how we play this week. We'll we'll see what happens. It shouldn't worry you. If we have to play Denver in the playoffs in Denver, we lose. That's how it works. Fair enough. We we go there. I'm not too worried about Kansas City. stoned from the Denver (laughs) – you know, air the, the haze of pot, yeah. like it's going to be here pretty soon. And uh, um, I, I just don't. I'm not too worried about Kansas City. I think Andy Reid has shown that he really can't coach big games. Yeah. And Belichick. I mean, I, I don't see what happened two years ago when we go into Kansas City and we get blown out, and that was that game where everyone thought Brady was done and the Patriots were done. Yeah. And then we turn around and. You know, win the Super Bowl. Oh, because, man, did we get killed in that game. No, I know, but I don't think that was necessarily Kansas City all. It was just the Patriots had just, you know, were, were done. And I don't know what turned them around, but it was that whole thing, you know, we're on to Cincinnati, we're on to Cincinnati, yeah. and then it just t- turned the whole season around. Seattle. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was better than we're on to Kansas City. Seattle. Seattle. Um, but, yeah, so I just I, – I think I'm more worried about – Oakland than Kansas City, despite Oakland being a young team or having a young quarterback, inexperienced quarterback, having another coach that's you know not that great, yeah, uh, in Jack Del Rio, it, I don't, know, I think I'd be more worried about them. I think they're more of an explosive team did, than Kansas City. Did you see how Jeff Fisher got fired? By the way, didn't they give him an extension to just a couple ago? weeks ago? Yeah. yeah, I don't know why they gave him and an extension. They said it's country club environment. When he was the head coach, so why did you extend him? You no, know, I realized that too. I'm like, hold on, didn't they just extend him? Jim Fossil is now the interim <laughs> head coach. Now, what I wonder is if Jeff Fisher's son is still on the team. I I don't know. He was like one of his assistant coaches. Probably he was helping him. He was trying to help him find his flag. <laughs> <laughs> that was the other thing. Belichick has talked about that before. It happened to him one time where. Um, Oh, we just had a caller, and I, I didn't see the light ringing. Um, 
So anyway, Belichick had, um, said that one time he lost the flag or couldn't find where it was, and someone had gave it to him and whatever it was, and now it's always in his sock, and it stays there. And <laughs> Fisher, you don't think he would have learned the same thing? He had it like underneath his big, huge jacket, and he couldn't find it. Um, and not that it would have mattered anyway, but yeah. um, I don't know. I, I just I don't know why they gave him an extension, and and then that was that. And then they fired him like a, a, two weeks later. So, all right, home. We're going to be joined here right now on the line. Let me turn this up here. Hello, Michael. How are you tonight? Jonathan, good yourself. I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, joined, being joined by Michael Long, our um, Red Sox expert and uh, insider, as we like to call you, Mike. Mm-hmm. He's down. Sure, he's down. Uh, when are you heading down for the winter meetings, uh, Mike? <coughs> Didn't they just happen? I forget. Was that the owners' meetings? I, don't I think that was. Yeah. So hard to keep up. I know you're on the. I, I, what is it like? What is it like being on the road that often? <laughs> now, are you are you boycotting Trump hotels as well? I'm, uh, I, I don't think I really ever had the budget for Trump uh. hotels. So I boycotted. Uh, I boycotted uh, the Red Roof Inn because <laughs> their, their political standings. because <laughs> of the communism. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of winter meetings, Mike, you might have heard the Red Sox uh, made a acquisition last week. Uh, they acquired some left-handed pitcher. Um, what are your on thoughts? On a sale, I believe. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, ah. What are your What are your thoughts on this? <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on this uh, average acquisition? Average acquisition. Um, well, yeah, every team gets a left-handed pitcher every year. Oh yeah, you trade the trade the best you know farm prospects you have. It would have been nice, in retrospect, to have done this maybe over the summer, um, you know, during the potential stretch run when we could have used like the extra the extra arm. I feel like they kind of had to move from Moncada because he came up and didn't necessarily pop right away. In fact, he didn't do anything at all. Um, <laughs> and just with the you know the value you get for still generally an unproven guy, you have to basically. You know, potentially strike while the iron is hot. I mean, obviously, you know, Trout didn't do much when he first came up either, so you never know Moncada could come back to haunt. But, you know, with Sale, I mean, it's crazy to have potentially three guys like that. I mean, you know, at the front of the rotation, that's just, um, you know, that plus, I was actually nerdily a big fan of the move of Tyler Thornburg as well. Much like I was a fan of the... A Carson Smith move last year. Um, it's just the the move nowadays is to have a strong bullpen, and they're just shoring that up as well. Uh, yeah, I, I like. I'm, I'm I'm a fan all around. I mean, Kopech, I didn't really know much about, and I definitely didn't hear much about the other guys. Before. Does does this trade not wipe clean, but make up for the Pomerantz debacle? Uh, debacle? No, you tell me how it's a debacle if you don't mind me asking. Was that wait? Is that the guy that we traded for last year, right? In the middle of the season, yeah, or just before yeah. the, the break? And he didn't, but he didn't because he was supposed to help us go over the top. I mean, I I don't know if he was. I, mean, I don't know if that's how it was advertised to me or how I took it. But I can see how that potentially, given for what the, we traded the, for, given him. for the air quotes value of the prospects, who, like I said last year on QATV, I had never heard of. Until I heard about the trade. Well, and they compared one to Pedro Martinez, Mike. <laughs> that, 
that's what I hear. That's what they. That's what they tell me. I mean, you know it's I mean, true. Good, good, good for the good for the Padres with the moves they're making. They're going to have similar almost to the White Sox in the way where they have a lot of got a lot of prospects out of a lot of deals they made. And a young Pedro Martinez, but yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, well, I, I think one thing like Damien's talking about is there's been a lot of argument the past week since the deal was made that. Uh, Dombrowski has been trading away anyone and everyone in the farm system. That's not um, his guy. Well, yeah, but I mean, he's been trading everyone, especially you know well, we were talking about Anderson Espinosa yeah, and, um, and Moncada. But you, if you marry a lady with kids, you get rid of the other kids. Well, that's <laughs> fair, fair enough. Um, Somebody write that down. <laughs> yes, did, did, make haven't note. you read Macbeth? I mean, no, Hamlet. Uh, but I think the biggest thing is, um, and I know. Um, um, John Tomasi on WEI was talking about this, saying that you know he had no problem with the sale deal, but he had the problem with the the all of the deals combined and what they represented. And, you know, just trading away the entire farm system. And I think if if they had traded for Pomerantz but had kept Espinosa, I think it would have been a little bit easier to swallow for those who want to keep everyone in the farm system because when you trade for sale, now you trade either Espinosa or Moncada. And you still have one left over. You, now you don't have either of the top two guys in, in your farm system. So I can understand that argument. And I think the other thing too is if if Pomerantz had come out last season and been lights out and had been the all star that he was in San Diego, then everyone would have said great. And if they won the World Series, man, it might it might have been you know a little bit easier to swallow as well. But yeah. he came out. He was he was okay. And people were like, well, he was an all star in NL West. You know what do you expect? Now he's in the AL East. You know it's night and day like that. I don't yeah, know what your San thoughts Diego, on San Diego center field is 733 feet and, you know. and very well maybe yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't know your thoughts on that Mike if that's uh, a lot of opinion like that out I, there now I think the problem is that a big market team I don't think the concept of patience really for some reason can exist to find that right balance of I agree I, would, I agree with him on that uh, bringing up the prospects it's... and developing the prospects as much as you can yet at the same time trying to put as winning a product on the field as you can so to do that you lean towards well you utilize the assets that you have to make moves like that he said now assets. they have it's not like they don't have any homegrown talents I mean Benintendi could still you know obviously look good for the short period he was in you got bets and Bogarts right off the bat hopefully Vasquez who turns into something? Uh, Devers is apparently the, the one guy they haven't traded away yet, and he's at he's at third base. Well, see, see, that's my thing. Like what Mike's, Mike's saying, you look at our outfield. Okay, those are all homegrown guys. Yeah. Uh, you have Bogarts. All right. Uh, even our catchers. Okay. All homegrown. Who cares about? Like you, it, it's okay. You can trade the farm system now. You have you have six out of the nine starters are homegrown. Well, yeah, man, I, and they're young, so it's, it's not like that. They're on like the north of thirty-five. Prime in their life, prime yeah, in their like they're going to be playing for the next seven is, yeah. years. And you have plenty of time. You have seven years to draft guys to replace them. So you might as right. well trade them and get a crazy left-hander who who rips apart jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was uncomfortable, Wait, I think, Damian. I think I saw a stat. I don't remember the full line, but it was something like pr- uh, price, sale, and. Um, the Cy Young Award winner for the Boston Red Sox, uh, Porcello, all had two plus two twenty innings, um, and the lowest strikeout total was Porcello at one eighty, and the other two had yeah, you know, in the two twenties. I like I like Sale. Okay, now I'm from here, and I'm pessimistic by nature. 
Are we too lefty heavy? I'm going to leave, leave oh, it up God, to, to you guys. In fact, I'm going to leave it up to you guys. I'm going to leave and just listen. Well, <laughs> the argument is if you had five righties, would you be righty heavy? Yes. But Yeah, but I mean, all right, if you had four righties and a lefty, people are like, all right, you, you know, you got that one lefty in there. So I mean, if you have four lefties and one righty, what's the difference? So, so Sale. Okay, give me, give me our starting five. Uh, your uh, best. Give, give me your best. Order, sale, Porcello, Price. So right, right there, that's lefty. That's two lefties to a righty. Okay. Right, and presumably Pomerantz will be in the, the rotation. And that's you have to assume, given for the fact that they traded in Espinosa. He's a lefty. Okay, so now there's three. And then, then yeah, what? Erod will be your five. Also, a, also a lefty, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I guess for that me, that helps I, in Yankee Stadium. But when we go to Baltimore and the Juice Heads, you know, down there, who are all, they always have some big Juice Head righty. That's the true. same with Toronto. Chris go- Davis. Well, Chris know? Davis is a lefty, isn't he? A couple Chris Davis. Is he a le- well, yeah, Chris Davis is a lefty. <laughs> they have, they have yeah. some righties down well, there. Well, you know, either way, if for the the nine games we play in Baltimore, I, I'm not too worried about that. I with mean, them you, coming here, you could make the argument the 81 in Fenway might be an issue because they're going. All right, we're going to try to get more righties against the lefty pitchers. But uh, you know what? I don't think that's a big difference either because then they're going to say, all right, we can't have nine righties because then it gets to the later innings. We're going to be subbing people in and out. And uh, for me, I think if, if they said, all right, we're going to give you three lights-out lefties, would you take it? You're going to go, yes. Yeah. And, and that's that. I mean, people are dying for left-handed I know, left but pitching. I have to find something negative to say. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. Understood. Fair enough. I know, the, I other, the, the other thing, too, is that, like, so they didn't. So with signing a free agent, to the point about prospects, and I think I understand this correctly, given for the fact that I'm an expert. Um, <laughs> with signing a free agent, you give up draft picks if you sign a big ticket free agent. But if you trade for a guy, you're, I don't think you're giving up. <clears throat> no, I, I think you're correct. I think depending on what the the free agent yeah. classification is, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, so if Chris Sale was a free agent and we signed him, it most likely would have been a first-round pick, and then it goes down okay. from there. So I think you could light up a, a first or a second. I don't know if they, they have to give up thirds or whatnot, but depending on the how well of a, a free agent you are, um, you would give up a draft pick to go the other now, way. Now, do they have to extend Bogarts ASAP? Oh, one of them, yeah. I mean, I would throw money at the both of them tomorrow if possible. Um, I don't think they – I mean, they're, they're going to be, from what I understand, they're definitely going to be dipping into the luxury tax Probably this year, um, yeah. because I mean, I think they're, I think they're just over two hundred million. They have four pitchers for two rotation spots as well. Um, Buckholtz makes about twelve. The rest of them probably don't make that much. And they just re up Buckholtz too. They, they well, they had they've had two team options. Yeah, I was kind of hoping they did not ever take. But then he's just so blatantly annoying. Where it's like he's like got garbage. He 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 take it out of like he take it one out in the first inning. And then he's like one of our best pitchers down the stretch last year. Like, what is the you know what what, what which one is it, guy? You know, I, I've had enough of Clay Buckholtz. I hate Clay Buckholtz with a passion oh my God. Yeah. and a fury. And I, I, if if they can give him away for Damien's favorite, a bag of chips and a hot dog, I, I would do it. Yeah, in a, that's in a, a heartbeat. Good, that's a good trade. Yeah, because like like you said, Mike, 
He, he'll start off the Cape year. Cod, 40% <laughs> reduced fat. Those are my favorite. Oh, Damien's getting old. He's going for the reduced fat. <laughs> um, so he, he starts off the year, and he'll have a great April. And then, you know, his his, his daughter's going to sleep on his shoulder, and he's going to be out for a month and a half. And he's going to go four-wheeling, and, he, and you know, he's going to crash into, like, a meth truck. It, and, and then he'll come back and play lights yeah. out for another month. And it's just you don't know what you're going to get or when it's going to happen. Uh, I've had enough. Yeah, every time you think he's turned a corner, he gets hurt or he has four bad outings. And it just let him be somebody else's issue. Thank you for the time you've done here. Let's move on. I want to get this this town buzzing. I want to get this town buzzing. This is a hot take alert? This is a hot take. And I, I'm going to put Mike on the spot because I know he texts him. He hangs out with him. Okay. Is David Ortiz going to come back? I, I think I think he's definitely retired. Um, you don't. He's so, not saying anything to you. <laughs> well, he he said the same stuff to me that he said in his Instagram post about like, oh, you guys got Chris Sale. You got me thinking. I just think he, he's clearly a magnanimous guy. He knows how to work the camera when it's in front. But of why him. did he go? Why did he? Why is he working out at Fenway Park? Because he's he's used to working out all the time. I, I, I would assume. Not necessarily. I mean, this is a bit of a revelation here. I'm not necessarily what one would call an athlete, um, <laughs> but like I think if I was or anybody that is, if you work out all the time and then all of a sudden you're retired, I don't think you're going to stop working. Well, out. plus I think so. they want Ortiz still at Fenway as much as possible because he's, you know, the biggest name, if you will, they have the, still until they can sell the panda merchandise again. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and everybody says this, and I really don't see any other way around it, and, and, and I don't know if. Uh, QATV Sports Night nowadays has researchers that can look this up, but I don't think that anybody's ever retired and then the exact next year said, you know what, I'll come back. Roger Clemens. Brett Favre. But like, but, but, but like to the point of, I think I'm thinking about all the ceremonies that happened throughout all the parties. Oh, well, well, yeah, that, that's, but, yeah, Jeter didn't come back this year. The, the, the only thing I can see Michael Ortiz. Jordan. <laughs> the only, well, Jordan didn't retire. I think David, David Stern like told him to go away. I think. But that, then he that, had that's, the that's one of the big think, theories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I think Ortiz, if anything, he would pull a Clemens and say, "You know what? It's July fifteenth. I'm feeling pretty good. Let's well, that, come back that, for a month." That's and a half. what I'm saying. I, I, he doesn't have to be there in in March. All right, with the youngin stretching his ham hammies. Okay. Right. Yeah, maybe, you know, keep taking BP and you come in like, you know, after like after the All-Star break or something. I still think he's done because... Feet, from what I understand, his feet, like his ankles are in a yeah. bad, bad way. That's it's fine. Like 2012, he got like some sort of like super duper trainer to the stars that like basically got well, him ready day after day. And a lot of days he was playing hurt. Well, he's, you've seen he the way the... he legged out some hits. I mean, there's sometimes he legged out some doubles like impressively, but then there's times when you just saw him like sort of shambled the first base. So, you know, it, it happens. I mean, if you, you know, when you're hit like 40, 41, it's like, well, Tom Brady's looking pretty sharp and men hit him. That's true. Maybe he but, needs to eat cacao and avocado. Say, ice cream. Tom Brady's having avocado ice cream and, what not other rice, organic? Yeah, yeah. Or David Ortiz is not eating like Tom Brady, even That's though they're it. probably about the the same size. But maybe he should. Maybe I, if I was him, I would say, you know what? What like twenty home runs puts me like twelve spots higher in the home run list because he's at he's he's at the level where everybody's like two home runs away from each other, right? And like the rankings, a few more home runs really put puts him up there. Okay, and it's like, dude, it's not like you belted in twelve home runs and and 
and batted 225. You were like an MVP candidate. Yeah, um, but what more does he have left to prove? Per, I, other than saying, I want to win a World Series. Taking taking ring four. That, that would be the only thing. I don't think he What's cares about the extra is, is 20 to have, months. Is to have a ring on each of his digits and be the greatest Red Sox player to have ever played. And, yeah, I'm saying that he is he's a better hitter than Ted Williams. Not well, not really, but he's a winner. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I, I've i had a hard time with talking about this with somebody. I, I forget who I was talking about. I think it might have, been, might, might have been Seth, that David Ortiz is already the greatest Red Sox and the most important Red Sox in history. He might not be the best player. You know, Ted Williams could arguably be the best player. But Ortiz is the most important and best Red Sox, if, if you will, in history more than Ted Williams because of what he did to earn those three rings. Yeah. And I guess that's just so hard for me that, you know, the lore of Ted Williams and everything that he did for so long and he was all we had. But I've come around to realize that it's true. Ortiz is is easily the most important Red Sox we've ever had. Yeah. And he's a, he's a winner. He is a winner. What Ted Williams never was able to do, Ortiz did it three times. I know. Well, no, I mean, he, 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 as an individual, you can't win the World Series. Right, and you I think know. that's definitely he, he part of it. He was unable to win the World Series by himself. His teams were just not able to do it. Uh, Williams he, played on he, a... He, he did kind of get us... He, is the, he, is, he may be the greatest clutch hitter in baseball history. Well, yeah, he very well may be. But, I mean, I, I think Mike's point is that Williams played on a lot of bad teams that weren't his fault that he played on bad teams. Yeah. And... He missed four or four and a half seasons no, I playing I, in, I get that. in World War Two in playing Korea, in <laughs> playing you know, and, and, and missing playing time. Um, he probably was just playing around, you know, yeah. all the different things. But he had 521 home runs. John Glenn and, was his, was his uh, wingman. Yeah, he had 521 home runs, and he missed four and a half seasons. Yes. Three of which were in his prime. Yeah. Actually, probably all four. Game, you don't support the troops? Come on now. He was a, a six hundred. He was a six hundred home run hitter. Yeah, and so um, you could still say Williams is the best pure hitter of all time. However, Ortiz is the most important and best player in Red Sox history, and it's because it comes down yeah. to all. If you just said two thousand four, and that was it, forget seven and thirteen. Yeah. He, he might still be better than Ted Williams because everything that did in that one season yeah. and what it meant. I mean, that again, that World Series is like what the Cubs did this past year and everything that did. All those players are going to go down and lower for Chicago just like the 4 team is going to be for us. So why not, if you're David Ortiz, just bury the name of Ted Williams? Just come back for another season, do a Roger Clemens, get some anabolic steroids in you, <laughs> come in at the All-Star break for the next three seasons, get to like... 600 home runs, maybe get another ring out of it, and then just, like, say, this is my town. And then walk to City is. Hall and kick out the like the mayor. It already is. I, I think other, <laughs> other than Brady and Bird, who is the biggest name in Boston history? Is Orr bigger than Ortiz now? No, everybody, everybody likes Ortiz. That's the no, thing. no, and everyone loves Orr too. Little kids don't know who who Bobby Orr is if he walked in in like and the uh, Central uh, Plaza. No one would know him. No, no, and little kids don't wall. know who a lot of the older guys are. Right, yeah. exactly. I mean, e- even Bird. I mean, if you look at that now, they're like, oh, he's some guy from Indiana. They don't know everything that happened. And even yeah. Bill Russell. I mean, I guess Russell would still have to be up there, maybe more than Ortiz, because he won eleven freaking titles. Yeah. Um, but 
I mean, I, you look at it right now. It's Brady and Ortiz are uh, far and above anyone else in Boston for right now, obviously. Yeah. And, and you know, is, is Ortiz is Ortiz above Bird for what he did? Yeah. I mean, you'd have to. Yeah. I mean, I think or, like or, a, Ortiz a top five or a top Ortiz. Three yeah. You yeah, have or, to say that because it's. I, I think generally the Sox are probably the most important local team. I also think not, character It's not, it's not like lessening any of the other teams. It just has a whole, like so, so much of the identity of the area was written on the fact that, you know, the stupid bloop and curse thing. Right. Um, forever. And then, like, he was, he was, to my earlier point, he was part of, you know, the team that finally ended that, and then he was part of two more teams. As he went along, he became such a cornerstone, whereas in 2003, 2004, it's kind of like, oh, we got this guy, David Ortiz, and gosh darn can he hit you know and it's like what right. it was like a find because like he was like released by the twins or whatever it was right um and then he just gradually became a cornerstone and i i personally definitely took him for granted a lot like i probably assumed that he was on the tail end uh around 2012 when like he just was like not playing a lot and but then he, he just he turned it around and it just Probably he was having plenty of avocado ice cream. <laughs> I don't know. Well, the thing with Ortiz too is he had those two years where in April and most of May he didn't play well at all, and then he he turned it around more in the yeah. summer once things got warmer. But his numbers weren't necessarily great because he had a terrible April and say half of May. And I I think that was was that eleven and twelve, Mike? Does that sound about right? Oh uh, yeah, years? no, he definitely he did. Like, you know, now that you mentioned that, he did complain too that they used to steroid test him a lot. Well, I think the other thing, too, is you could say was that part of the reason, Mike, you might have taken him for granted is because he was talking so much about how he wasn't appreciated quite often. And, you know. You're right. Well, I hate Ortiz. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he was just, you know, like, how come I don't have a long-term contract? How am I this? And maybe, again, maybe we probably did take him for granted. And maybe the Red Sox did, too. But maybe no one else wanted him because they got down to the point. It's like. Who wants to sign a, a DH to a a six year contract at twenty million per? No one's right. going to do that. You know, in hindsight, the more I think about it, I think Brady's above him, and I'll tell you why. Oh, Brady's definitely above almost everybody. Ortiz. Yeah, Brady's definitely above Ortiz. Yeah. Other ones you could argue, but Brady's definitely above Ortiz. I would say Brady's above him because he created the Patriots. Ortiz. Ortiz brought the Red Sox champions championships. I mean, my grandfather loves the Red Sox. His grandfather loved the Red Sox back in Italy, where they they just like the color red. Red Sox. <laughs> um, but like the Patriots were nothing in this town, nothing. Right till yeah. Tommy Boy. Actually, more till Parcells. It was Parcells, but, Bledsoe, but and Tom, Kraft all together? But Tom Brady had us. You know, whenever I go to Arizona, I always wear some Patriot swag. I'm like, eh, eh, you suck, and we don't. <laughs> like, it made us proud. Like, yeah, we're a football town now. We're like the New England Patriots. If you look at the four sports, or is obviously the best Bruin ever. Is it Bird or is it Russell for the Celtics? I mean, I'll, I'll, there's some recency bias in that. But, I mean, I yeah. guess you'd have to I, lean I, towards I mean, Russell because he won so much. And I, I never saw Russell, Russell yeah. play, but, like, Bird was amazing to me. You know? no, and, I, again, Bird's my favorite basketball player and all the different things. I can watch those highlight videos forever. But Russell won 11 titles. I know, yeah. He, he, he dominated the league. You know, he, he played against arguably the biggest, toughest, roughest 
dominant center of all time in Chamberlain, and Chamberlain could never beat him. Yeah. And now yeah. he had a better team around him. Russell did as well. But just head-to-head, he would let Chamberlain get his 30 points, but then Russell would get up 25 rebounds and, and 20 points, yeah. and it would be dominated. So if you say Russell's the best Celtic of all time, Brady's the best Patriot, and then I guess Ortiz is the best Red Sox, take those four, and what, what's the order? I think you'd have to go Russell, Brady, and then Orr and Ortiz. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I still I don't know because it's relevant, but Tom Brady might go down as the great. See, the thing with Russell is he was great. He was really great. Is he better than Jordan? No. Brady is the is the greatest football player to have ever touched a football man. True. Brady is. I. I there, there will not be another quarterback like him for a long time. Right. Right. Brady's the best there is. He's the best. It's <laughs> like it's the ultimate what if now. Um, now who would win in a fight? How, you know Brady and Belichick. Like how good? You know how good is Brady without Belichick? And how good? You know how good would Belichick be? You know with a with a different quarterback? You know. Oh, I think like, I, I think I think, Belich- I, think I think I personally think it's the perfect mix of the two of them. I think Brady definitely would have succeeded, and I think Belichick yeah. would have like been successful, but definitely not combined, I don't think the two of them would have had, you know, been together on, you know, basically one of the better runs you've ever seen in the National Football League. Oh, yeah, you know, in all honesty, Belichick stumbled upon Brady. Yeah. I mean, he took a chance at him, and that was really it. My argument on that is, is, you know, being a coach of high-level players, freshman football, (laughs) uh, Belichick can't tell Brady how to pass, you know? Brady, I think, I think honestly, when all set, said and done, Belichick is probably going to say like thanks to like Tom when he retires. Well, you could say he doesn't really care about him because did he hang him out to dry for the Flategate? Oh yeah, that's true. He should he should bow down and kiss his feet. Well, the other thing too is you know I think he has enough respect and trust in Brady now, whereas in ten years ago. Everything was probably a lot more micromanaged, whereas now yeah. he knows Brady's going to go out there. He can Brady make the right calls. Brady micromanages now. Yeah. yeah, he definitely does. But he can make the right calls. He can go up to the line of scrimmage and take whatever was called in the huddle and just completely go, all right, we're not running that play, and I'm going to change everyone's route, and I'm going to put the call back, the, the running back in for extra and, protection. And that's, and that's the crazy thing. Did you hear him talk about Hogan's touchdown pass? Yeah. Well, that, Go on, go on, yeah. He, that The Patriots don't even have routes. They don't have routes. It's in their offense. The only way that you could defend the Patriots is to either have like a la the you know Giants have a four four defensive linemen able to pressure Brady and that's it, and then just have everybody else zoning up with some man coverage. All right, but the only way to, other way to stop them is that your cornerbacks you need to have like like four Deion Sanders out there because they don't have set routes he says hut and then they start running and based on what the secondary does there's like three or four options it's it's insane if you if like to think about it this right. way brady's now taking steps back and looking at the secondary and his receivers and they all have to be on the same page like this. Well, when they talked about Hogan, they yeah. said his two options were to sit underneath 
or go long, and he read it to go long, and Brady read it to go long, and oh, Bra- that's what what happened. That Brady Brady said, and I quote: "He goes, he wasn't the he was not the primary receiver in that play, right? But he saw what I saw and went to it, right? Like it's just it's hard to defend. It's really hard to defend. No, that's like the the the, the no routes thing is." Probably kind of news to me, but I can see it at the same time. And um, now, now Peyton, Peyton was not like that. Peyton, Peyton was like you said he was the perfect route timer. Like you run your route, and the ball will be exactly where only you can catch it. Right. Like when it needs to be. I like that's what that's what in my opinion makes puts Brady like way above everybody else. Well, M- Manning, he would see the defense and tell the receiver what route to run essentially. No, it wasn't just like, all right, I'm going to look over the defense and go, oh, look at the safety is you know hovering over, and if we go deep, he's going to be you know vulnerable. Yeah, but Dan Marino did that too, you know. Like, it's just I don't know. It's just a me. It's a, that's why Brady doesn't scream Omaha 700 times before a snap. He points out who the mic is and not the mic long that's talking to us. Sometimes he does. Like when he's at the game, he's like Mike, 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 section three twenty five. Go long. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mike, I, I, one thing, this was a big topic on um, uh, Facebook Messenger thread last night, uh, and it was the Cyrus Jones debacle that was. And Damien, I touched on it a little bit earlier tonight, or um, during the show. What are your thoughts on everything that went down with Cyrus Jones? Well, just before that, um, myself and uh, our, our mutual friend Seth were dancing around our usual conversation about um, how much credit or blame to give Bill Belichick for things when things are going right or wrong. Uh, and then basically within like what felt like seven seconds of each other, like two muffed punts, uh, you know, or kickoffs or whatever, and we just, all of a sudden it was, we're at 20, what was it, 20 to 3, and then all of a sudden it's 20 to 14 uh, in a blink. Uh, Cyrus Jones, I mean, I, I, there's not really much more to say. They, there's stories out today saying there's not much more to say than what you see. The stories out today saying that the Patriots have his back and stuff. And I don't know. I mean, you've come this far, and like you, you somehow made it to the professional level. And these are like you know the basics that you shouldn't have to be relied upon. And I would presume. And I don't think they'll get, I don't think they'll cut them like literally everybody on Facebook was saying last night. I saw like 15 different status updates like cut him now. Right. Don't even wait till the end of the game. Um, yeah, I mean we apparently definitely have flaws with the return game. I'm not sure what other options we have, but you probably aren't going to be seeing him, let alone returns. But like when you get burned for that, like that absolutely cliche. Joe Flacco just throw it up in the air <laughs> 50 yards down the line thing. And as soon as it happened, I'm like, there was, there was like a 98% chance that the guy was going to catch it because like, he always gets that against the Patriots. It's so right. annoying. Yeah, he's just, he, he's, um, we, we've seen we've seen better better people back there, that's for sure. Well, we were saying earlier, and we couldn't remember his name, I looked it up, they signed Griff Whalen, who was supposed to be this return specialist, and he didn't play last night. You know, I don't know why he wasn't out there. Maybe he was still getting acclimated to the team or or what, I don't know. Um, or he wasn't what they thought he was going to be, and they haven't cut him yet, and they just don't want to put him on the field. Um, so whether he comes out and, and plays more this next week or... Sometimes sometimes Bel- Belichick does that to put a fire under a guy's butt. Last year he signed a kicker in the middle of the season. 
Well, Guskowski, like, missed a couple field goals. Well, maybe he saw something yeah, <laughs> back I then, mean, too. I don't but know. I think but he does that just to, like, get guys going. There's been guys they've traded for in the middle of a week, too, where they don't necessarily play that week because of the, they, they, they mentioned the playbook and, you know, other things. And it's not completely unheard of. I, I think Griff Whalen was this week, I believe. Yeah, they, I know they signed him earlier this week, but, I mean, if you're going out there for, for punts and kick returns, I mean, now – Damien, the the coach of you know superb athletes and superior That's athletes, right. can let me know. Uh, but I mean, it's a kickoff. All right, return left, return middle, return right. I mean, in punt return, you know, you 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 ultimately you're gonna go right, but it's basically whatever you you take. I mean, Damien, is that true or false or? I'm sorry, I looked at you. Were- <laughs> he, he was the guy that messed up that awful swinging gate play in in, in the Colts, Griff Whalen. Oh, he, wait, was uh, he yeah. the um, was he the quarterback at that point? Yeah. Okay. Well, oh God, that's funny. Um. So uh, I was just saying, if for a return guy, you get the kick and you run. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this. I mean, I understand Mike saying you know the playbook. That's if he was going to be you know going out and taking plays as a receiver or whatnot. But I mean, for a return specialist, wouldn't it just be catch the ball, don't fumble, and run? No, yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. There's not. There shouldn't be that much to it. You're right. Uh, it is, it, yeah, but like I said, it 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 it's it's, it's so much pressure. It's so much pressure that right. spot. It might it it might. I feel it might be the most pressure filled spot in any sport. Like yeah. receiving a punt. Oh yeah, in a big game, dude. There's nothing behind you. I mean, if you're if you're, a, it's so it's like. If you're like trying to close a game. All right, and you go out there. You have more than you can let up a home run. Okay, it's over on one pitch, you know. But like, um, you know, it's like you're in control. Of, it's that was yeah, that was all on you. Like you're not in control. You're waiting for that ball to get to you. There are eleven guys coming. There's no one behind you to back you up. True. And if you mess up, it is royally messed up. It's you against eleven dudes and a ball that's going to do whatever it wants. It's it's a scary position. No, and, I, I can understand yeah. that, but I mean, if if that's what you're supposed to be a specialist as, yeah, and you go out there, I mean, it'll be like, all right, um, you're going to go out there and you're a specialist in hitting three throws, and that's just all you do, and it'll be the yeah. same thing. It's like, all right, I'm going to go out there and you miss three in a row. It's like, all right, I I know that that happens, but I mean, they sign this guy or they they draft Cyrus Jones, and the thing with Jones is he's a rookie, so. Damien and I was saying earlier, too, is, you know, take him out of a uniform for the rest of the year and try to, you know, knock some sense to him, to him for, yeah. for next season to when the ball hits the ground, get the hell away from it. Don't just sit there and try to, you know, try to trick the other team that you're going to go after or something like that. Right. So, I mean, I understand right. that's, that's part of the reason with him. But, too, it's just like ball's in the air, go catch it, go run. And, again, I know there's other things. For a rookie, yeah, okay, fine, you're, you're a rookie and there's a lot of different things going on there. But... If you're Edelman or Wes Welker or Amendola, and maybe those guys just had you know more ice in their veins and can do that, you know Edelman, I can certainly see that. Oh, Welker. totally, totally. Well, and again, it's just like catch the ball and go, and and maybe for Griff Whalen and Cyrus Jones and and old Devin Hester, it's not like that anymore. I don't know, but I still couldn't believe Devin Hester is still playing. It, it was right. news to me. He got cut yeah. today. I heard. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, but seventy three, John. <laughs> and he has 20 return touchdowns. So, That's so, the only reason why he's still in the league. So, Mike, I just read a stat that if Bill Belichick goes 0-16 for the next six years, he'll still have a better winning percentage than Jeff Fisher. 
true story. I, this, there was a, that there was a speculation story I saw before he got fired where, and I don't even know how much, who knows how much truth there is to it, but they mentioned Harbaugh uh, in Michigan College. Yeah. As a, as a quote, very real possibility. Harbaugh's too much of a shtick. That's his thing. Harbaugh, Harbaugh's shtick doesn't work with grown men. It works when no, you no. when you have a young team and you can get them going rah rah rah. But yeah, after three four years, which which is exactly what happens, they're like, we're grown men. This doesn't it doesn't work. Like, I make more money than you. But for the Rams, for those three or four years, would it be worth it? Since they do have a fairly young yeah, team, they can. But you, I mean, they got like, Goff and they have Gurley. Those are two young guys. They <clears throat> now their offensive line is terrible. I mean, it's yeah. they might as well be, be playing with. You know, you and I an offensive line. But my, my thing, my thing with uh, <clears throat> with to be honest, like if I if I could ma- wave a magic wand and have a dream job, I would be like a big college sports coach because you, you talk about owning a town too. Do you think Harbaugh? Granted, you're stuck in Michigan, which kind of stinks. But like, you know, um, <laughs> and it was a lovely time place this time of the year. Yeah, oh, but <laughs> but like, you know, I mean, like w- with all sincerity, I mean. Um, do you think do you think he pays for any dinner? Do you think he waits for any table? Yep. No, because like, boosters are picking up his tab. Well, or... boosters, but any restaurant he goes into. Well, that's what I'm saying. Boosters and, and they're it's, it's, and things like, and that's the Nick thing. Saban in Alabama. Yeah, like Nick Saban. Nick Saban can go stop and lunch in any diner, order everything off the menu. You know, in the back of his head, like I'm not even going to pay for this. All I'm going to do is smile and take pictures with the owner. He's going to hang it up on the wall. I'm going to get his address. I'm going to give him my secretary's number, you know, and then I'll, I'll, they'll send an 8 by 11 that says, this is the greatest grilled cheese I ever had. <laughs> you know, when I go buy a car. I'm Do you gonna, think Nick Saban's a big grilled cheese connoisseur? Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> He's like, this is – I'm sure there's gas stations. There's speedways lined up in Alabama that are the greatest speedways you know the side of the Mississippi. I can, I can see the eight by ten on the wall right now. Yeah, yeah, you know, like like you're a legend. Like like you're you own the town. You own that state. Not even the town. You own that state. It's it's a cush job. Nick Saban, like the recruits come to you. I don't even think Nick has Nick Saban been on a plane, like to get a player. Yeah, you, no, I doubt it. Yeah, so it's I think been a long time. Probably. So Saban had that at LSU. And the, the allure of the uh, NFL came calling. He got enough money from Miami, and he realized it was terrible. It wasn't for him. I think Harbar, Jim Harbar, had that taste in the NFL, had success, came that close to winning a Super Bowl against his brother, and then you know got fired when things didn't go well. So he goes to Michigan. He's doing okay in Michigan. I think he's an NFL guy. No, because he went. He he was college, NFL. College. He's pulled a Nick Saban. He he had the taste of college. He went to the NFL. He got fired. He could have like, had an NFL, NFL job. NFL guy. Like he was in one of the arguably one of the greatest franchises, and he was a great spot. And something happened. And like Colin Kaepernick like it had to have been on his <laughs> um, because like all of a sudden he just it fell like it seemed like it fell completely off a cliff. Like they went to the Super Bowl, they right. almost won the Super Bowl, and then all of a sudden within like two years he was out. And I don't know, like you said, Mike, if it was something with him that like he was looking for more control or more money or more years. I, I, I don't know. Honestly, it's been a few years, so I forget the whole situation with everything. Right. But like you said, something went down, and 
he was gone. But and maybe he could have had another NFL job, but or was it just like Michigan says, all right, here's $10 million, and he wasn't going to get that in the NFL. Or maybe he just needed some time off from NFL. I, I can see him coming back and saying, you know what, I took a, a terrible 49ers team, brought them to the Super Bowl, and came that close. I have, in theory, an awesome running back in Todd Gurley. I have the number one pick in the draft who may or may not be good. We, we don't know. And if I rebuild the offensive line, I got an okay, maybe kind of okay defense. There's some good spots there. But rebuild a year or two, and then all of a sudden we're in the playoffs and contend. No, no, no. He Because, John, it's it's too much. It's the reason why Bill Cowher could have had any job ever, any, anywhere after he left the Steelers. And he was con- there was constant rumors the teams were come knocking at his door. No, he gets paid the same to just show up on Sunday morning, wear a suit, and talk about how the other mistakes of the coaches – Coward also coached for 20 years, though. No, true. But, like, I mean, I think with Harbaugh, it's Harbaugh's a college guy. If you look at the – a lot a lot of NFL guys never did college. Belichick never did college. Parcells never did college. Like, like the, the NFL guys, Reed never did college. Like, they, they were, they were like, they were from the NFL. Like, like you ever see Batman, like, with a <laughs> – He's like, I was born in the darkness. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know where you're going with it. You know where I'm going with that, right, Mike? <laughs> Like they're from the NFL. That's where they. That's where they made like made their bread and butter. Like that's where they're from. Harbaugh's a college dude. He was from Stanford. Had success. That, that would became prominent as a as it was college coach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the college yeah, guys are college guys. Did he go to college because he couldn't get a chance in the NFL? Yeah, I think I think I think he did a lot of stuff with Stanford. I I think because it's literally in the backyard of the Niners, they saw him. But like to be to, like his brother's an NFL guy. He's a college guy. College guys in three years, you have a whole new team, and you can start your act all over again. And if anybody, no one, no one gives you any problem, right? Because you, you're going to replace them. You know, like three years, it's a whole new team. It's college guys are college guys. NFL my, guys are my different. My favorite thing about the Ravens. Sorry to interrupt. Um, two weeks ago, when they did that holding thing at the end of the game to yep. run the clock out. Literally, I don't know who couldn't think of. Uh, whichever Harbaugh that is, Jim Harbaugh. I always Jim and John. I always get them confused. John Harbaugh is the coach in uh, Baltimore. John Harbaugh complaining about the the trickeration plays a couple of years. Back oh, I know. And then he does the same thing. And then he does his own. I was like, oh, apparently, you, so you can kind of do what you want with as long as it's okay. That's no, I'll give I'll give it a shot. Like now you're cool with it. All right. Well, why wouldn't you be? It won them the game, right? <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, I assume that's, that's going to get changed at the end of this year too. That if you have, well, the other thing too is if a holding penalty at the end of the game was a safety, but they threw the ball or you know whatever it was, it wasn't technically in the end zone. So, well, no, the penalty. <clears throat> so the rule is is, and it's like that in high school and college too. There's a there's a ten second runoff right. on an offensive penalty. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but also if there's a holding penalty in the end zone, it's a safety. Yeah, but were they? I don't know if they were holding in, in the. Well, no, the, the actual holds didn't occur in the end zone. Yeah. So. John, how do you feel about your team? My fantasy football team. Yes, sir. Um, well, I'm, I'm. Despite my best efforts, I I won this week. <laughs> I don't know how I won, uh, other than the fact that. Um, Al's team did not play very well this week, so um, so Damien and FYI uh, playoffs were this week. Yeah, I beat Al by 
thirty points or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I now go up against the number one seed this coming week, um, and that's uh, busy. And she's busy, yeah. she's been um, a train this year <laughs> going through everyone on the in the league. Um, so I'm not I'm not too confident this week, Mike. I think that's what my, the long answer would be. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a, it's been an interesting year uh, in the old MIPA. I, I I ended up being kind of still okay with my team. I didn't trade any picks away in a vain effort to try to make something of the season. And I know it took it, a lot for you not to do that. It, it was. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> I really am. I'm very proud. Um, I mean, speaking back to the Rams, I gotta say I'm excited with the with the potential for a new coaching staff because I did trade for Todd Gurley. Uh, but he was definitely just okay for most of the season. Um, but hopefully they can, you know, somebody can do something more with the Rams out there, just in general, too, because, be, you know, obviously it would be good to just have good competition. Um, yeah, I mean, I, this, this year, though, I, I, I hate to do it. Like, it, it kind of, I, I hate to say it, but I kind of have to tip, tip the cap to, to, to Mr. Garish a little bit. Um, with the, the, what he pulled off, because you kind of figured he was on the rebuilding year with um, with all the trades he made last year to win, and um, yeah, I mean he just he uh, he he made some he he had a lot of moves work up for him. So yeah, he traded for Brady. Uh, that was the big thing towards the end of the year. But uh, he traded Le'Veon Bell at the very beginning of the year for like a number one pick. Yeah, that, that's that's true too. Yeah, um, and Bell got him fifty one points last week. And Bell alone would have won him the game against uh, our friend Sean. Um, oh, God, yeah. Yeah. So um, lo- looking at that, so Garish plays uh, the other Sean in the league. And right now, Fahey is favored to win. Uh, the line is Fahey minus five. Yeah, I think the four best teams are definitely uh, definitely in there. Um I, I still can't believe. I mean, I, I I clearly I clearly didn't even come close to the playoffs. And some of the trades I made this year, like the luck factor, it, it's it's so weird that the trades I made and yet I still didn't have it work out for me. The fact that I I, I had no idea Chris and Michael was going to get cut, but I was able to trade him for I think uh, Brandon Marshall, and it's just it was a one for one at the time. Right. And two weeks later, he gets cut. See, he's still doing it. He doesn't didn't need him. But like he he traded for him as like a starting running back at the time, right? And, and I, I he was one of the players you were trying to you know, um, you know get me to offer, and I just was like Ugh, I do not have any confidence right now in any Seattle running back, and I, that might have been part of it as well. Yeah, but I feel that I'm fair though. I don't necessarily ask for the farm, and I definitely am the type to look at you know what is needed. I don't just blanketly right. like put through a trade offer. I mean, I'll do that to like spur the conversation sometimes. But at the very least, I try to like conversate with like you know, is there interest? And if so, this or that. And, and I agree. I, I I needed some running back help this year because uh, I had Deion Lewis on the IR for half the year. Um, but I think it was just any CL back I was hesitant on trying to acquire. Um, I've been offered Rawls in the beginning of the year. And I was like, Ugh, no, I, I'm I'm all set with that. And I think I was happy that I stayed away from all the Seattle backs. And I did acquire Doug Martin for a like a seventh round pick or something like that. So I was happy. Curtis Martin. <laughs> I was happy. <laughs> I was happy um, with that one. So um, 
I am favored. Excuse me, busy is favored this coming week by nine points, according to Las Vegas uh, on the ESPN app. Um, Wake Forest so, just stated that their radio announcer Tommy Elrod gave game prep information to their opponents. Interesting. Oh, okay. Breaking news. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it, I, I've I've had fun with the fantasy football team this year. Um, I think it'll take a, a good effort for my team to win this week, though. I'm going against Matt Ryan, David Johnson, Demarco Murray, uh, Cooper, Wallace, Bennett, the Baltimore D, and Matt Bryant, the Atlanta kicker. Yeah. So He's been been stacked, especially with that David Johnson, Demarco. Friggin' Demarco, like what? Fourth round, fifth round. It third? was definitely yeah. I, th- I think I think fourth sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, I think people thought maybe a bounce back year, but not what he had this year. So, right. um, and she's doing it with Cam Newton, who she drafted early, and he's basically done nothing all this year. Um, so, now I'm exactly. not gonna lie, with Gronkowski getting injured does not did not help me this year. It's a little bit of a lead, but I can see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so um, that th- that was one big thing, and uh, the other thing that's going to hurt me this week, possibly too, is my two quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford, are both questionable. One has a a calf injury, and one oh, has God. a finger injury. So forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm 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 playing Rodgers. Um, I I didn't go Rodgers last week. I thought Rodgers wasn't going to have a good game against Seattle, and he ended up going thirty. For thirty-one points or whatever it was, so luckily it didn't come back to hurt me. Um, but I, I'm going to s- stick with Rogers. Rogers actually right now in, in our league, Mike, is the number one scoring quarterback in our league. I would think so. Yeah, and, uh, and, and Stafford's probably pretty good. He's in the top. I think he's tenth. Yeah. So uh, you know, I, I've been lucky this year in that aspect. But of course, it gets down to playoff time, and you know, I have. Rodgers going against Chicago, who just had a good defensive effort against uh, Detroit. Doug Martin going against Dallas, which I'm 50-50 on. Um, right now I have Brandon Cooks as my other receiver, but I don't know if that's going to be sticking like that or not. Uh, Evans didn't have that great of a game last past couple weeks. Larry Fitzgerald, I'm hoping he has a bounce back. He had one catch, or no, three catches for 12 yards last week, and I don't know what happened there. Thank God it's TPR. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I got Gates going for my tight end. Um, Kansas City defense against Tennessee, which I'm, I'm okay with. And uh, Lambo, my kicker from San Diego, going against Oakland. So I'm hoping that's more of a uh, an open point, or a lot of points there. So yeah, that should be good. So should be a good week. Should it be should be. Week. It should be. Well, Mike, we want to thank you for calling in and uh, talking some socks and pats and anything, everything else, whatever it might have been. So uh, any other last thoughts you want to jump out there real quick? Uh, nothing at the moment. I'm looking forward to. I'm, I'm kind of glad football season's over for Mike Long. I won't lie. Um, <laughs> it wasn't the best of years. We're going to regroup, and we're going to uh, we're on to 2017. So, fair enough. Then, all right. Well, Mike, thanks for calling in. Have a good, good Christmas, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Merry Christmas. All right, Merry Christmas. Bye. All right. So, uh, thanks again to Michael Long for calling into the show and talk some some sports. Sports. That's what happens here. Those hidden earpieces are like two ninety nine, <laughs> and then the decimal. <laughs> eh. Maybe we can put it on the sports budget. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, anywho, so that's that. I don't know if there's anything else random you want to talk about. Did you see the actually? Did you see the uh, finale of Westworld? 
Oh, yeah, I did. What did you think of it? Um, we talked about Westworld the last time with, with, with Tasney. Violent delights have violent endings. <laughs> um, it was good. I, I'm, I'm still worried that it's just going to get strung out, but um, it's... Uh, Were you uh, surprised that... Um, the host who was leaving on the train, I, I forget. Came him. back. Maeve. Maeve, yeah. Do you think, she, do you, were you surprised she came back? No. Yeah, I wasn't either. Because my thing was, so here she goes on the train. Like 30 minutes into the ride, when people start making small talk, like, oh, where are you going? I'm I going don't know. to where people live. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, right. How do you, how do you even have well, small did, talk? Did, did she, like, download information about the real world? That we, that we don't know. Yeah, about. I'm not sure. You know, the best you can do is like get a book and bury your nose in it. Okay, but. one of the things that bothered me about that that plot line was couldn't have the workers just when she was back in in, in Westworld have just taken her intelligence and everything and just dropped it back down to zero. You know, she brought it up to a hundred, say. Yeah. Couldn't they have just dropped it down to zero? Well, so she would have been a, a dumb host and that's that? Well no, no, because they're not the ones the people that go in and get and remove them were the like don't do that. It's like the diagnostic groups. Well no I know, but like she was in there and adjusting it and maybe she hacked into the system somehow, but the guy showed her, this is like, you know, here's your intelligence. No, no, like, no. Couldn't they just gone, oh, yes, and brought it right back down, and then... Oh, yeah, when she was talking with them? Yeah. I know, that's what, I know, yeah. I, I, that was the one thing that that bothered me like like that. Yeah. You know what? It is a crappy show. Well, th- there are some things... Well, like at, at the end there, I guess this is a little bit of a spoiler alert, so FYI, Westworld spoiler alert. Doc when, Vader's actually her father. <laughs> when, they, when they were uh, trying to escape... And uh, the employees were were trying to chase them down, yeah. and there was Maeve and the uh, the Westworld employee, and then the other two um, uh, hosts that were like um, the, the outlaw, the outlaw, guy, the the girl and the guy outlaw. Yeah. Everyone was just like coming out. They had their gun, and they're like, "Oh, there they are!" And then they didn't shoot. And it was just like that typical kind of Hollywood thing. It's like, why didn't you just like just kind spray of spray bullets? Yes, exactly. And then just and go from there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just like I, I just couldn't believe that they would have allowed him to get that far out. Yeah, and that was that. Well, at halfway through season one, they got extended for another season. Right, and halfway through the broadcast of season one, they got extended for five. So the other thing about so um, May, so they probably filmed Maeve getting killed. And then they were like, oh, oh. <laughs> let's, let's dial this back. Um, the lights have violent endings. Do you think, were you surprised by uh, Dolores' turn of events and how she was actually, um, uh, now it's, it's been two weeks now, I can't remember the No, um, I, I, do you frequent Reddit at all? Um, no, I, I, I had gone onto some different forums and was reading some yeah. different things and some people were talking about that, how she was yeah, actually, there, there was a lot of good uh, Wyatt, theories. Wyatt. Yeah, there was never a Wyatt in like. Well, she just, was Wyatt essentially. Is in what a it sense, was. yeah, yeah, and like just a memory of him was uploaded into everybody else, right? Um, but um, yeah, there was like about like what five episodes into it, on writer people started saying like, oh, there's definitely like first of all, it's J.J. Abrams, so there's time, time, it's a big thing with him, right? And right. everything he does, and they're like. You know, her memories when she's talking, like her clothes change, all this other stuff. And 
then there's a theory that like that guy Will, you know, was Ed Harris's character. Man in Black, yeah. Yeah, and that came out to be true. And um No, honestly, that the time thing, it never dawned on me that yeah, we were I, dealing yeah. with, you know, current day and then 30 years prior. It, it, it yeah. just the way everything looked um it, it never dawned on me until I, f- I forget what triggered me, and then I was looking at some forums, and I was like, "Oh man, now that makes sense." And I never caught one of the big things they were all talking about was you know the Westworld logo, how it was different in two different scenes, uh, and then there was a flashback as well uh, where it looked a little bit different. And I never caught on to the different logos. Yeah. It's when when uh, when William and his friend are first coming up the stairs. Yeah. There's a logo, and however it was, and that was been like you know 30 years ago. And then there was another time where they're in the current day setting, and you see the Westworld logo yeah. up front. It, it never dawned on me, and I didn't catch up on that um, that part. Now, I'm not going to say this is all of it, but part of it's when I'm you know watching it at night and I'm trying not to fall asleep. And it, yeah. this is one of those shows where you have to be like, yeah, you I, have to be like seeing everything that's going on or watch it like twice to yeah. pick up on things you might have missed. But, but I mean, I'm not. I don't want to watch a show and take notes. No, I, I agree. I agree. Um. But yeah, no. I mean, it's it's still still running. But I actually got to get rolling soon. But um, no, I'm happy for it. I'm glad that I watched it. I need to find another show now to kill time for Game of, before Game of Thrones, right? Uh, which you still haven't got into. No, I'm. I don't think I'm going to get into that. It's so. it's like you're going to regret that. Like when you're in your deathbed as an old man. <laughs> I'm not even lying. You have to be like, Game of Thrones. Uh. I can always catch up with it, but I just don't see it. But anyway, so, all right. So you said you need to get going. So we'll get ready to wrap this up here. So as people know, it's the Christmas season. Yeah. Tis the season. Tis the season. And Damien has been coming in and doing the show for, I don't know, a whole bunch of years now. And I appreciate you always coming in. Are you giving me a Christmas (laughs) present? It's something small, but Uh. I wanted to do it here. But it always comes in. One of my best friends, we go back to Suffolk Radio and doing shows like yeah. this together, and that's why it's just it's been seamless to go back and forth like this. So it's just a little something. Don't let the size of it. <laughs> back when the FCC used to ban us. All right, so. So should I open it now? Yes, yeah, you're supposed to okay. open it now. So it's, it's, a, it's combining two things yeah. that you should love. One you definitely love and West one you've world. grown to love. And it's, it's wrapped in a tablecloth. <laughs> it really is. It really is, I know. Um, so, yeah, it's one thing that you love and one thing that you're growing or should grow to love. So it's um, pizza. <laughs> oh, very good. Very nice. So. I will thoroughly enjoy this. As so. we pull it out here yeah. and show everybody at home, it is the episode from The Simpsons, the Boston episode, where they talk about Quimby Mass, which yeah. is actually Quincy, and they have the Thomas Crane Library and Bethany Church, my, my church. <laughs> um, so anyway, so it's just a, um, a grab from the show. I thought I thought that was pretty funny. And um, Now, do, do you have direct uh, consent from... Fox Broadcasting. <laughs> Fox 25, not Fox 25, Fox Broadcasting. Uh, of, of course I do. This is completely on the up and up yeah. to uh, to get a screen grab from a show and, and make a print of it via a website that I won't name. So, uh, But anyway, yeah, I have a little small one for myself. I was like, oh, Damien would love to have something I, like I this. Would, yeah. So anyway, so Damien is the biggest Simpsons fan that I know, probably knows, has seen every single episode from all 20,000 yeah, shows. Yeah, Quincy. So 
something that you've always loved and Quincy he's growing to love. At least I hope so. Oh yeah. Um, so as a uh, is, as still a newbie to the the city, if you will, that you are. But either way, hey, so the city's changing, so I'm growing with it. <laughs> yeah, isn't that for sure? So so anyway, so thanks for coming and doing all these shows. I wouldn't be able to do it without you because. I wouldn't be able to sit here for an hour or an hour and a half to talk about myself. It's very difficult to do like that and to, to bounce the yin and the yang back and forth and whatnot. So anyway, so something small, nothing too big. It. Well, excellent, yeah. then. So anyway, in that Christmas spirit, Merry Christmas to you, Damien. Thank you, John. And Merry Christmas I to everyone. I though, but I... <laughs> <laughs> well, then pass it along to your wife yeah. and, and, and your family, then. So anyway, so... um. Uh, from all of us here at Sports Night, D- Damien and I, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we will see you in 2017. Uh, I, also, real quick, I want to thank everyone for the feedback on the last few shows, uh, for people that have tuned in on iTunes for the podcast or watched on YouTube. Uh, I appreciate all the feedback. We've gotten a lot of good feedback about that, and people have been listening and watching. And, so. and give us requests. On topics, it, it, yeah, definitely feel free. So, on, like on YouTube, or can you do requ- Can you like make comments on iTunes? Um, I I think you can leave a a a, a, like a, a, a rating, a star, or something like that. So oh, you can so do you that do like on YouTube. YouTube. You might be able to. Oh yeah, I, you, you I forget if com- I have comments open or not. Oh. I mean, open them. Open, yeah, the <laughs> open them up. So so anyway, so definitely for all of that, we appreciate uh, this new format's worked out pretty well. Uh, yeah. and, and we enjoy doing that. We're able to get callers come in and different and people. HD. <laughs> How about that? So actually, I bought a new TV, and one of the first things I watched. Smart. It is. Yeah. So I was able to pull up YouTube. I was able to pull up the Sports Night page, and voila! Yeah. I watched yeah. us in HD at my house, and I was. It was quite spectacular. I have an HD TV, but it wasn't a smart one before. So now I do, and it was. Yeah. Sixty inches of us on. You can TV. tell, it like, was very nice. like you can, like, like when I see myself on HD, I can tell, like, how many days since my last day. <laughs> That's an HD difference. So, all right. So again, for Damian Ritchie, my name is Jonathan Clay. We want to thank Mike Long for calling in. So again, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we'll see you in 2017.